0: we have an hour and a half I have no leading and no burden to give a message um, I might take 15 or 20 minutes to present some fellowship to you regarding which will be part my view of the Age matter, and part a testimony, and part a, okay. Thank you. And part of passing on a very specific fellowship from Brother Lee. And uh, I believe it will be coherent, but it's, that doesn't have the structure of a message. It'll just be free-flowing fellowship. So I'd like to begin with a certain personal experience as an illustration. Okay, three years ago, I needed a very particular kind of uh, medical care that was a combination of surgery and uh, radiation. And so the Brother Rick Scatterday had been shepherding me with this matter over the years. And I was under the care of experts at UCLA. And so when I was referred to this um, one specialist, uh, I realized at 69, he was perhaps the most expert in the whole earth for this. But I first met... uh, what they call a fellow. It was an M.D., a young man, but was given a fellowship to be trained under this particular oncologist, radiation oncologist. And uh, I had a very good feeling about him. He helped me a great deal. He explained the matter the procedure to me but it was very clear to me you are not touching my body (laughs) you are too young you are learning I want a 69 year old expert who is not beyond his prime he's at the peak and still developing and this procedure, which had to be repeated, it had to, the sending had to be done exactly the same two weeks apart. I won't go into the details, because he was learning maybe he could do one little part. He could insert one of 18 rods that had to be inserted in a certain place. I said, okay, you can do one. I have no doubt that eventually this doctor demenis the one who worked on me he, he may eventually retire but he's not close to it now when he retires he will be a consultant and an educator until he breathes his last i fully believe that the young md who was the fellow will eventually match the men monitored him, who, who fostered his development, and were surely for that, that the young, younger generation will go on, and they will go further. The reason I mention this has different sides to it. One side is, and now I'm just presenting my personal view, it may not be altogether accurate, but I just want you to know what I'm, where, I'm, where I'm coming from. Okay. In the last seven or eight years, uh, a number of the co-workers took the lead to promote or foster the development and the function of younger brothers. And to me, this is altogether normal. But my sincere feeling was there was a very significant overemphasis on a particular age group. And eventually, like during the semiannual trainings, one whole morning would be given to them to have a special session. And so I was aware of the feeling of other age groups, what the enemy was doing in the minds of some, what they were going through as they were considering their present situation. And so we tempered that matter and we adjusted it. Because uh, to have an age consciousness is really something in the old creation. We know we're physically in the old creation. But we have to be very careful. Brother Lee ministered in 1977 on all ages in the Lord's recovery, all inclusive. Okay. A second matter is this, that um, 21 years ago, Brother Lee was giving some very special shepherding care to a certain brother, And Brother Lee was guiding him and suggesting to him on how he may serve for the remainder of his life and where he might be. And Brother Lee, in order to actually train and perfect some of us, had a meeting maybe with seven or eight brothers, and he went into detail about how he cared for this person in his early 60s and one thing Brother Lee said then and he said it later and he told this brother to as a real encouragement to him he said the most useful years spiritually speaking in the Lord's recovery are between 60 and 80 well um, when I heard that I wasn't 60 yet, for some reason turning 50 was just downright painful. I don't know why. <laughs> I even warned my family, don't you dare do anything. This is a sad day. <laughs> but um, maybe it was I was emerging from the, the second midlife crisis, so. But I really was joyful. I said, Brother Lee said the most useful years between 60 and 80. I'm going to be 60 this year. I'm so happy. But now, I'm much, much closer to 80 than to 60. But I'm glad Brother Lee also said later, oh, the most useful time is when you're 80. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, I I absolutely believe this. I would not want to turn the clock back and be 45, to be 50, or even 60. I do not consider the best years are behind. I believe personally the best is ahead. And it will always be ahead until we're raptured. I say raptured because I'm not surrendering to death yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hoping for live rapture with all of you. Okay. Now, when some have had special meetings, and they, they use different terms, they call them the working saints, but working saints don't stop at 50, but somehow the age... Range stops at 50. So, you know, why don't you call it what it is, you know. And there's been an appeal to a portion in numbers related to the training of Levites, which are all males, by the way. And when they're 25 until they're 30, they have kind of an apprenticeship. And that's a real training experience. Then from 30 to 50, they actively serve. And aspects of the service are quite vigorous, cutting up the offerings and doing all of these things. Then at 50, their service changes and they oversee and train the other ones. I believe in principle, there's no problem here. But I cannot agree with importing This age criterion into the New Testament economy. Because there is no record in the New Testament other than Jesus being about 30, that was a significant change. But when it comes to appointing deacons or appointing elders or brothers being sisters entering into the work, there is simply no age mention at all. And so to bring that in and say now oh we really have to concentrate on 30 to 50 and those over 50 you just withdraw then what are we supposed to do? right? And uh, again I endorse the principle of course we want to raise up another generation. And we want the Lord's recovery to have a glorious future with the generation of faithful brothers and sisters to serve. But you just consider would, what, what president has been elected at 37? Um, I use uh, the illustration of the medical treatment is because the fact is the full weight of responsibility in a society is born by older people. I kind of wish there was. They changed the age requirement for president to 65 or 70. I want. I want a wise, older man or woman, right? And so I approach this fellowship as someone. Okay, I'm 78. Okay, I. Um, honestly believe I'm getting younger, not older, although I'm physically getting older. Um, I, have, I have a heart for the, for the very young, for the young adults, for the middle age. But there's a special concern in me. What about all these brothers and sisters that I believe have not been adequately shepherded For many years. So that's why I mentioned to you, the most useful years are between, they start at 60, but if you're not 60 yet, you don't have to wait. (laughs) Okay, you're already in the range, right? And so we're not doing a card check on you to see if you're old enough to be in this meeting. Then one other matter, when Brother Lee is giving some specific fellowship regarding, and this is with elders, but the principle applies much broader than that. He said, if a brother has been an elder for a very long time, and now he's truly an older person, there are two things we should consider. One is, there's no such thing as retirement. There is just nothing in the New Testament that once you reach a certain age, then, then sorry, um, you just can't be an elder anymore. There, there is not such a thing. And we should not allow such an age criterion to enter into our thinking or into our church life. So Brother made that matter emphatically clear. This will be in the collected works. Then he also said, I wouldn't say to balance, but to complete. He said, if you're really older, like I know one brother, he's 83, he's still in the eldership, then he might consider, I'm not retiring, there's no need to retire, but how can I best serve? How can I best serve? And I don't think that an elder who's 83 needs to be involved in detailed fellowship about the new carpet for the meeting hall (laughs) or about what kind of chairs we're going to get and so many things like this. I don't think it matters if someone 44 makes the announcements on the Lord's Day meeting that we don't listen to anyway um, and it's not that he's being marginalized he just realizes I'd like to consider how I can best serve at where I am so this, this is my view of it now I already told you because I just wanted you to know the, the, the person who's talking to you I don't go around just announcing my age but I don't hide it The way I view the future, even for my own service, I feel the best is ahead. It's not behind. I sincerely believe that what I passed through in the last two years has enriched my service, not diminished it. And uh, the the pattern for me in God-man aging by uh, reaching the spiritual prime, is with Brother Lee and Sister Lee. Brother Lee began the life study of the scriptures in 1974. I was in the meeting in January of that year when he had called leading brothers together from throughout the country for fellowship in a number of crucial matters, And he was burdened to move the ministry to Anaheim. And then he wanted to have a translation of the New Testament. And then he said, now we come to a big, fantastic burden. The life study of the Bible, which he began at the age of 69. And which he completed at the age of 90. Okay, then at the age of 90, he didn't say, I completed this huge project fulfilling what was in Brother Nee's heart. Now I'll retire, I'll get a a nice villa somewhere and just retire. He says, no, I'm going to start the crystallization study (laughs) of the Bible. And it continued until the very end. He knew in 1995, some of us knew in 1996, that he was terminally ill. But he continued to carry out conferences and trainings, releasing one profound series of messages after another. Then Sister Lee So Brother Lee finished his course at 92. And Sister Lee remained. She's the widow. On the day of the funeral, a few of us, three or four brothers, visited Sister Lee in her home. And we told her this. We said, Sister Lee, you are our mother and whatever you need we will take care of for the rest of your life and so now you have Brother Lee's match maybe 12-14 years younger than he she finished her course at 95 In the last few days of her life, her spirit was sharp, her mind was clear, and she was still engaged in some kind of spiritual warfare. I'm just telling you what happened. She relayed a message to me through some serving ones. Please ask Brother Ron to come and pray with me about this. And then one morning, she's with those that are taking care of her, And she asked, Can I go now? And they said, Yes, Sister Lee, you can go now. And she just went to the Lord. So, what she was at 95 was far richer than she was at 75 and far more mature than she was at 55. These are my patterns. These are my patterns. And so I can say sin- sincerely as one of you, okay? As one of you. That this is how I view my own life, my own future. And this is the positive view I have for all of you. Amen. For all of you. But I want to just comment on maybe one or two other matters because certain things happened in brotherly nee, brotherly and in sisterly that enabled this maturation to take place when we pass through the third stage of the experience of life and enter into the fourth stage we're in the stage of maturity then within that stage we just go on and on and on just like a human. We, we. My son, my older son, is 47. Surely he's mature. But he's not mature in the same way that I'm mature. But the fact that he's not mature in the way I'm mature doesn't mean he's not mature. He is. And so what is in my heart for all the saints is that we can pass through the experiences of life we need and the growth in life so that we enter into the stage of maturation many, many years before we finish our course. And that stage of maturation will somewhat correspond to our human age. Someone's not going to mature at 27. 27. It's not likely they'll mature much by 40. But there may be exceptions. So I just need to point out a couple things that need to happen in our being and that middle-aged and older brothers and sisters encounter that the young adults don't encounter But they would. When I was maybe in my 30s, I thought, well, when you reach middle age, then you just kind of cruise along. There aren't really crises left. And then Brother Lee began to identify certain aspects of our being that need to be addressed if we are to mature in life. And so I hope the Lord would grace us all that you wouldn't be subjective now. Because I want to preface my remarks by saying, whether the Lord has led you through dealing with these matters or not, the hope is just as bright. If he has, then I'd like to confirm that in you. If he hasn't, then he's going to do it. Okay? Because no one here is hopeless because you're still breathing. Right? And you had the heart to come to this meeting after a conference. So Brother Lee began to minister quite seriously for a while on disposition. And... uh, He defined it as just the depths of the self. It is absolutely what we are by birth. We're born with our disposition. And then he shared with us that he and Brother Nee, at a certain point, were just assessing the situation among all the co-workers, and they realized very few got through this matter. And so I received this light, and eventually with the light became a real desperation before the Lord. That you must get through, not to change my disposition to another kind of disposition, but to break through it so it doesn't hinder the growth in life. Then a few years after that, Brother Lee conducted what he called the perfecting training. And the basic purpose of that training he stated in the beginning with a question. And we all had the same answer to the question as probably you will have. He said, does your growth in life match the length of time you have been in the church life? Well, he knew that it didn't. And he was helping us to realize that it didn't. So he had the training to care for us. Not just to tell us, you're hopeless, I'm turning to another generation, sorry. You're all perishing in the wilderness. uh, Another generation will go into the good land. But in that book, Perfecting Training, which I highly recommend, he helped us to identify the situations. The self with opinions. And then he went on to peculiarity. And he defined peculiarity as the the warping and the distorting of our human characteristics with which we were made so someone who is naturally slow then this just it becomes a peculiarity and there are some very powerful messages in that book on peculiarity three or four messages and in When he gave these messages, he wouldn't release them anywhere, not even to Texas. And the churches in Texas were so up to date with his ministry, but he realized only in Southern California can these messages be received. The other places are not ready. It's too much for them. But of course, eventually, available. So let me give you an illustration the brotherly's concern. He said, peculiarity grows with age, just as disposition hardens with age. Till eventually you <clears throat> can just swallow up your your being. And then he said one of the most serious things I ever heard him say, he said that and he's referring to a very small number of saints, he said it would have been better if they had died earlier than they did. Because at a certain age, they were really quite developed and quite mature. But then the peculiarity was unchecked, and so it really severely damaged their spiritual life. And so that became a concern. I wasn't subjective. I can say I was desperate with the Lord that you must get through in this. So what happens is, I don't know why or how it happens, I just know that it happens. As we are aging, certain parts of our natural life are developing and very often in a way that's not that pleasant the self is getting stronger so when brotherly classified you could say the uh, the vulnerabilities of various ages he said it's uh, the young it's the ambition the middle aged think they're heroes because they're still standing here. And then when you get older, you're opinionated. And so at every stage, our natural life, our natural being poses a challenge. And so I feel we need to realize that it's not just smooth sailing, we just gradually weaken physically and then we'll become a happy elderly person, and then we'll pass away in our sleep and be with the Lord. If Christ is not increasing in us, and if we are not allowing the cross to touch our whole being, then parts of our natural life are going to flourish. And that doesn't have to happen. But it happens, and I've seen it happen, and some I know and dearly love. I don't give up on them, but it's happened. Um, I consider that my person, my being, my mind, myself, and my disposition, a real challenge to the Lord. He knows. Brother Lee knew. He knew. And I'm here to testify mm, the Lord is well able to thoroughly get through. You shouldn't settle for anything else. Don't believe in your condition more than you believe in God's organic salvation. And so what needs to happen on the line of spiritual development, the turning point is in the third stage of the experience of life. The first two stages are absolutely necessary, but almost everything there is outward. You deal with the past, you clear the past, and you consecrate. And then the Lord shows you how to confess sins and deal with sins, how to deal with the world, what is the world in your life you deal with, how to deal with the conscience, so we have a good and a pure conscience. But then there's a turn. And the turn is, in a way, it's like spiritual adolescence that you're entering into a stage of very crucial development. You're passing from childhood into young adulthood. and What I've observed and what I've borne for many years is that many of the dear brothers and sisters just didn't get through this state. Some, some brothers especially, they they just stayed objective and, and outward and everything in the church life is outward, it's positive. But their wives will testify. Not uncovering them, but they can testify. He's never been touched. He's never been touched. He's as strong as ever. Never been touched. And the wives, they just, they have this discernment. That's how they can help us if we're willing to receive help. And so for some, they never got through dealing with the flesh. Others, dealing with the self. Others, dealing with the natural constitution. Others have never yet been able to accept the discipline of the Holy Spirit in their life. They still have issues about what happened. Certain things have happened to them and there's still, the wound is there, the feeling is there, the offense is there. There's, so there's a chapter on accepting the discipline of the Holy Spirit. And then that leads to dealing with the spirit, that we have a pure and balanced spirit of power, love, and sober-mindedness. Now, what comes is being filled in spirit, and then we just find ourselves in the fourth stage. So, if I had taken the way of becoming a physician went to medical school, I don't know what my specialty would be. Maybe it would be internal medicine. (laughs) But let's just say, my portion in the ministry is mending. Okay? Brother Lee, you don't send me to Russia. I can't open anything. I can't start anything. I come along years later with my watering can and water and maybe shepherd a little bit. Okay, But because of that, the Lord has brought me through many, many, many things. And I recall two things Brother Lee said that pertain to this. And He's referring to himself as a kind of spiritual doctor. He said, I learned about all of these things, not by studying, but by being a patient. And I can say the same thing. I believe I'm familiar with virtually all the spiritual ailments. I, as I said, I was challenging to the Lord, and I was serious with the Lord. And I let him do what he needed to do. Then in 1970, Brother Lee was having a training on service, informal training, based on Matthew. And he contrasted the Peter type. that were fishers of men. And then John and his brother were mending nets when they were called. So he defined those that have the burden for the gospel. They're the fishers of men. They need to pray for the fishing gift to catch people. But those that are menders... You first have to be mended yourself. Then he had ten of us stand up in the meeting. I was second from the last on the right. He started on the left. He just asked us one question. What are you? Are you a fisherman or are you a mender? Eight brothers said, I don't know. I don't know. He came to me. I'm 30 years old, okay? (laughs) I'm really young. He came to me, he said, Ron, what are you? And I told him, I have to be honest, Brother Lee. I am a mender. So then he said, Ron, just be a mender. But he had already said, you have to be mended first. That means you have to go through this and that and this and that and this and that not primarily for your spiritual development, but so that you can care for the saints and foster their growth in life. So it's not automatic that we mature spiritually simply because we age humanly. We have to just face that fact. Uh, My mother lived to 90. My father died just days before he was 89. He lived 25 years after he was blinded and the skull was crushed in a devastating accident on his job. But I just observed how the Lord grew in him, how keen his memory was, how broad his heart was, How tender his spirit was. And I mean no disrespect. I also observed how my mother progressed. And the powerful self just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And it fell on her to take care of her husband. She was faithful till she was just physically worn out. So eight months later, she went to be with the Lord. So what is in my heart and the hope that is in my heart for all the saints that are in later middle age? I think middle age is really over at 70. Okay, (laughs) I'm not going to make that a legality. If you want to hold on to middle age and you're 71, it's okay. I won't take it away from you. And one day, there was a brother who is a medical specialist in taking care of the elderly. You know, what's the term for it? Gerontology, gerontology. And maybe I was around 69. I said, tell me, at what age am I officially elderly? Okay, I just wanted to know. I'm asking this for myself. And he gave me an age, and that, and I'm beyond that age now. So he said it was 75. So I guess I'm considered elderly, but I simply don't feel elderly at all. I've never been fresher, brighter, Younger, more vital, and happier in my whole life. Yes. And so, you know, if in the Lord's shepherding of you, you can testify inwardly, you know, inwardly, the Lord has touched my disposition. And those who have had this dealing can recognize it in me. And I'm aware of peculiarity, my peculiarity. And I've been seriously seeking the Lord about this, full of hope. Or if you feel you've been stuck for ten years, okay, then I'm here to dislodge you (laughs) and to help you go on Because the fact is, in the New Jerusalem, we're all going to be matured and perfected. So that's going to happen. And as I say often, our only option is not whether it happens, but when it happens. And so we choose now. And we choose well before we finish our course. So I do believe, I tell you with deep assurance, the Lord who is our shepherd and he was our physician, he is able to address any matter in our being and any matter in our past that hinders us from growing in life and bring us into full maturity long before Our days are ended. And then I also add this. It applies especially for someone who may have returned to the church life after years, 10 years, 20 years, even more. And they're happy to be back and we're happy they returned. We have no question. We don't consider them a prodigal just a beloved brother or sister, then the enemy comes to attack the mind. Yeah, it's good you came back, but it's too late. You wasted too much time. Well, I'd like to address the enemy tonight, not by human wisdom, but by a quotation from the book of Joel, spoken by God himself. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. This I know to be the case. And he doesn't restore 20 lost years by giving you 20 years more. He may give you 30 years more. He can restore 20 lost years in three or four years. His time frame is different. He can do a lot in a month, a lot in a year. Especially when he ministers to us in the stage of intensification. Everything is intensified. Everything in the inclusive spirit is intensified. Spirit of life, sevenfold life. Spirit of grace, sevenfold grace. Sevenfold faith, sevenfold love, sevenfold everything. And so... I have nothing but hope. And one other thing, and then what, what, what I feel to do, but I don't know how this would work out. It's already, I've used um, half the time, and I be, but I feel the Lord is flowing, so I'm not apologizing for adjusting my time frame. After I make this um, concluding remark, if I remember what the concluding remark is. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a senior moment, it's just just common forgetfulness. (laughs) (laughs) I just would like to respond to any requests you have for fellowship or any question that you would want to ask that's appropriate to address in an open meeting like this. Um, you know, you could write it down and put it on a piece of paper, or we, you could just stand up in fellowship and ask for something. Okay, this is, this is the point. I, I've seen maybe three or four or five instances of this. These were all brothers that were absolutely faithful throughout their many, many years in the Lord's recovery and also incredibly strong in the natural life. They just were. That's just their makeup. But in their early years in the recovery, they made an absolute and unqualified consecration to the Lord. Something like Brother James Barber did. I was there. When I heard him utter this. He said, whatever you want to do to me, Lord, even if you want to put me on a bed of cancer, that's what happened. He went to the Lord at 49. 49. Well, because these brothers made such a consecration, which the Lord honored and remembered, even though for 30 or 40 years the Lord didn't get through. He arranged a particular situation at the very end most cases it was due to related to health. And he broke through. And they had a glorious, victorious, overcoming end to their race. We saw this happen. And we know it's how we end, right? It's who has the most points on the scoreboard, not who's ahead at halftime. That's why, this was a sidebar. Sometimes I tell the trainees a parable I invented. It's the parable of the two-minute drill. This is an allusion to professional football. It's in the last two minutes, after the two-minute warning, Then a very skilled quarterback knows how to best use that time. And they're, they're trained. So the whole team is in formation for a two-minute drill. Okay. John Elway with the Denver Broncos is playing at home. It's at two minutes. And they are 12 points behind. So they need two touchdowns. So even some of the most loyal fans... Are leaving the stadium but that was a mistake because John Elway is a master of the two-minute drill so he gets the ball they position the receivers you catch the ball right at the sideline and step out stop the clock so within 40 seconds they scored a touchdown then they did the conversion now they have to kick. So they want to perform what's called an onside kick, which allows the kicking team to recover the ball under certain circumstances. So they brought in the specialist for that, and they got the ball back. And then Elway goes into action again and scores just before the time runs out. And they had a two-point conversion. So they got eight points out of the 12. Then they got the six to point it over. The end of the game, he wins. So I I mention this to encourage saints. It's how we end, okay? You may be way behind at the half. Don't be disheartened. And you may be way ahead of the half. Don't be confident. <laughs> you may be facing an Elway on the other side. So I saw these brothers. I was so thankful for them. How they finished. But I had one deep feeling of regret. I believe. I believe they will. Be in the kingdom. But. They matured at the end, and the body didn't get the benefit of their maturation. So what is in my heart is not to encourage you uh, with the two-minute drill. You're going to pull it off in the last six months. I'd like to encourage you with the realization, even right now as we're meeting, the high priest is praying for all of us. He's interceding for us that we will be saved to the uttermost because I believe, yes, we will have younger brothers brought into the lead to learn how to bear responsibility, but there are limits to them. They cannot handle the real deep and needy cases, they can't. And they know that. And I would say this, that brothers, I've been in the recovery for 51 years. I was a leading brother for two and a half years in Detroit. Then I moved back to California in 1974. And for the last 43 years, I've just been a brother in the church. a lot of brothers younger than I, they're in the lead. I'm not bothered a bit. Because brothers, I hope the Lord would just assure you, your usefulness does not depend on being a leader. It depends on being a functioning member of the body. And nothing can replace the spiritual maturity. I talked with a couple this morning, rather listened to them, with a very particular situation. And they put the the cry of their heart into words. And the brother asked me, can you tell me someone who can be a father to me? They need a father. They need a mother. The Lord's moved to Europe Yes, a lot of younger ones, a lot of middle-aged ones can go. But the ones I treasure the most are older saints, normal retirement, early retirement, whatever. They just go there, open their home, and take care of brothers and sisters. There is no service higher than our shepherding, than our loving, cherishing, nourishing care, of the saints. Okay, now it is five minutes to six, so we have 35 minutes. What do we do now? You, you can ask any question within the range, and I don't give answers, I give responses. The reason why I don't give answers is I ain't got no answers. <laughs> I just so just would have some genuine fellowship. So, do you want to ask for anything or request further comment on anything? I'm here for you. Yeah.